Before we dive into today's episode, I want to ask you a few questions. I want to know, are you on a mission to grow your business so that you can step into the CEO role in your business? Or maybe you've successfully launched your course a few times, but your income's starting to plateau a little bit. Or perhaps you know you need to create partnerships and an affiliate program, but you're just not quite sure where to start. Or perhaps you've created an affiliate program already, but it's just not generating the momentum that you've hoped. Well, you are in luck if any of those spoke to you because I am doing a free uh, webinar and it's going to cover all of this awesome stuff on how to create an affiliate program. So we're going to talk about how you can find those really influential affiliates. I'm going to give you some tips on how to go about doing that. I'm also going to talk about how you can put systems in place to recruit and engage those affiliates. And then second, we're going to talk about how you can support your affiliates. Um, Having affiliates is great, but how can you make it super easy for them to talk about you and promote your course? And then finally, we're going to talk about you know, how you can have a record-breaking launch with a team of influential affiliates, including things like how to set up a Facebook group and provide incentives to really entice people into promoting your course. So if this this sounds awesome, then come and join me for the training session. If you go to rachelowen.com slash webinar, you can sign up and save your seat now. Okay, let's get into today's episode. On today's episode, I interviewed the lovely Veronica Mazzetti. She is a mindset coach and we covered a whole host of topics from the need for external validation to Veronica's favorite meal. So there's so much that we dive into and Veronica gives some excellent tips along the way, things to do with how we hold ourselves back. Um, how the majority of our beliefs are inherited um, and how it's good to think about those beliefs and which of those you actually chose, Um, how we give ourselves different identities. We talk about money shame and how people don't like to talk about money, especially where we are in the UK. Um, And also how to just keep it a bit more real on social media. So how we can support others by just sharing what's really going on in our lives rather than putting fancy airbrush versions of uh, what's going on. And then Veronica gives us some tips on what she does throughout the day to keep her mindset sharp um, and ready to go at any moment. Let's dive into today's episode. You're listening to the Collaboration Over Competition podcast. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. And today I have the lovely Veronica with me. So I'll let you tell her more about what she does in a second. But at the beginning of these episodes, I like to say how we connected. So I saw you do a post um, about a monthly book club, and it was around the book called Mindset. And I was like, oh my God, I'm desperate to do some more stuff around mindset. But I'm the type of person that I pick up a book uh, or an audio book and I'll listen to an hour or so or a few pages and then I get distracted with another book or another project or something else and I never end up 
actually finishing anything. So I thought this is a great way to keep me accountable. And obviously you being the mindset expert, I thought I'd love to have you come on the podcast and just talk a little bit about, so this podcast is about relationship building and relationship marketing. So how we can kind of switch our mindset from being competitive with people to how we can kind of work together and see each other as our allies and our support system rather than like our enemies and our competitors. So do you want to just do um, a little bit of an introduction and how you kind of have been on your journey to get to the point where you are now? Mm-hmm. Hello everybody. Um, my name is Veronica. I um got into coaching about 12 years ago which when I say this people always think makes me sound very old um, I, know. I, I thought you were like so much younger than me no yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I actually got into coaching up with with my boyfriend at the time he was my first love first boyfriend and I'd been at home for a couple of weeks my mom was starting to get worried that I wasn't washing I wasn't going out you oh. know I was going through the breakup phase and I came across a free coaching day event um, advert on the internet and I decided to go. In fact, it was my mum's friend that convinced me to go with her. Um, so I went along to this day and honestly, the content blew me away. It gave me insight into a completely different way of thinking um, about myself, about my situation, about what I could achieve. And I was hooked. So this was between me finishing sixth form and going to university. So I decided I was going to do the course. I signed up to do personal performance uh, performance coaching and to do NLP as well. And then after I completed those courses over that year, I decided to go to university, study psychology. Um, I just can't get enough of it basically. And I've been coaching people on a variety of different topics since then. Um, more recently, I've decided to niche into specifically mindset and specifically mindset for business. Um, and that decision was based on the fact that I have a really strong interest in um, business. I've set up a couple of online businesses myself in the past. And with regards to the mindset, it was a when I coached people in a variety of different topics, um, they came from a variety um, of different walks of life, different issues, the bottom line that connected, the thread that connected all of their challenges was mindset mm-hmm. and having to make those mindset shifts that kind of unlock you actually believing that you can do what you want to do and actually taking the action that is going to get you the things you want to do. So in a nutshell, that's how I got here. Um, I, I hope that's clear enough. If you have any questions, please send them my way. Yeah, absolutely. And I, um, I started off teaching people about marketing and um, business and stuff. And it soon became clear that just telling them what to do was not enough. And mm. not being a mindset coach myself, I just kind of brought other people in to kind of do that aspect. And um, my membership people had been in there for like a year and not actually done anything. And I was like, Oh no, like I'm not helping them enough or I'm not telling them what to do in the right way. Maybe I'm not being clear enough, but it was what, until I spoke to each of them individually and they were like, no, I'm just too scared to put myself out there or I'm too scared to like, what if I fail and all that kind of stuff that comes up when you start like putting yourself out there and being more, Um, public facing with your business I suppose and a lot of people may have come from like corporate backgrounds and you probably find this that 
they've always had that kind of protection you know like mm -hmm. the company tone the company line um but when you start your own business and especially in this online world now is very much people want to know who you are and it's very mm -hmm. much like your personality is your unique selling point so what's one of your tips if people are kind of like a bit scared to put personal stuff out there or like just put themselves out there in general and what's your advice around that um, so first of all, I would encourage people to really get absolutely clear as to what it is that they're afraid of. Mm. Um, you mentioned something very interesting, which was the, the change from being in a paid job, uh, maybe in a, in the corporate world to, um, setting up your own business. One of the biggest challenges people face when they do that is when you're an employee, you almost get external validation of your worth. And mm. if you want a pay rise, someone else has to approve it. If you want a promotion, someone else has to say, yes, you're worth that promotion. When you set up your own business, that validation needs to come from within. So that's a big mindset shift that a lot of people um, Need, need to do in order to set up their own business and be confident doing it then when it comes to sharing what they do they have that kind of residue uh, residual um, need for external validation so what a lot of, i see a lot of people do is okay i want to set up this business i want to put myself out there i want to share what i do i want to let people know what i bring to the table and um but then then the buck comes in, but I can't do that until mm -hmm. the external validation, whatever, and you can fill in the dots. So it could be, I can't do that until I am earning a certain amount of money that shows that I bring value or I have a certain amount of followers that shows people think I'm worth listening to. So you almost put kind of expectations and limitations on yourself so there's, a, there's different things that you, you can do on a practical level. The first thing I, I would encourage people to think about is, like I said, get really crystal clear. What is it that you're afraid of? Get very specific because when we are afraid, we generalize. So we go from, I am afraid um, of, I don't know, posting a video on Instagram um, that's how we met. So I'll mention that uh, posting a video on Instagram, talking to the camera because so they've got a very specific fear and normally it's because they have a fear of being judged. Um, and they kind of generalize that to, I am afraid of putting myself out there. Mm -hmm. So from a very specific fear, they make it into this massive, um, massive mountain to climb. Um, so yeah, get very specific. And the, the second thing in a nutshell, I would say is understand what is it that you believe about yourself or about the situation that leads you to fear this particular action. Because all mindset is, is a collection of beliefs and thoughts. And the majority of beliefs that we hold, we've actually inherited. They're not even our own. 
it's mm. very rare that someone sits down and thinks okay what is it i believe and which of these beliefs did i choose because most of the time we go through our entire lives on someone else's beliefs maybe your parents your grandparents family members school teachers um i get this a lot with um with my clients sometimes they hold beliefs and when you dig deeper and you try to understand where they come from it was uh, maybe they'll have a belief I'll, I'll give an example of myself i had a belief that i'm not good at maths and that's because i had an awful maths teacher <laughs> who made me feel like i wasn't good at maths so I've, I've then carried on that belief my entire life i've not even tried because when you believe you're not good at something mm. you almost behave in a way to prove yourself right yeah that's so true and like there's so many beliefs that we have um that just kind of need unpacking don't they and you just sometimes you sit with it and like is this something i believe yeah it is and then you have to think of it again and again and again you're like actually no that's my mum or my dad or like i always had my mum always said oh um i'm one of four girls and the two middle girls you know they're always they're excellent at driving you know but you two aren't you're not natural born drivers and then i just thought oh i'm just rubbish at driving but actually i'm quite good i'm not like couldn't be a racing driver but i'm competent driver <laughs> you know but i had that kind of belief and also my other three sisters are excellent at sports and stuff and i was like the more creative arty kind of person and so we would like the thing that happens when you go to a family event you get rolled out like this one is the gymnast this one is the badminton player this one is the dancer and then it got to me and it was like this was just at university it's like that's our labels like and uh, people just come to me oh are you the gymnast oh are you the dancer no i'm actually a person <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. we are our individual people but people just think find comfort in labels don't they like if they, they can do. label you um whatever it is you know and um, I had, were vegan, so I had a vegan pregnancy and I was really into attachment parenting. And so we breastfed and co-slipped, so he was like three and a half. I don't know where the tool is. <laughs> um, and people were just like, could not get their head around it. Like, because they wanted to put a label on things, you know, they want to be like, oh, well, he's this age, he should have stopped breastfeeding by now. He's this age, he should do this and this and this and this. And it was just like, really fascinating to see that unfold. And normally, I would have totally buckled under peer pressure and been like, oh, okay, I'll just do what everyone else is doing. Um, but I think when you have a child, you have to fight for that, what you think's right for them and for you at the mm. time. And so that was kind of what drove me forward to, well, I'm just going to stop when he's ready. Like, I don't want to, I'm not going to buckle under all this pressure of like people thinking I'm weird. <laughs> but it but sounds it's... like in that situation, you chose your own belief. You're new, you, you consciously decided what you wanted to believe rather than just going with what everyone else made you feel like you should and should is a dangerous word where you should mm. be believing or doing Oh my God, should, should all over each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I still do that so badly, especially with my partner, because he's kind of new to all of this stuff. And 
I sometimes find it difficult that we think very differently and he's still very um, comes from a place of like this is what I should be doing this is what I've been told to do and this is what you know rather than thinking is this what I actually want is this what I actually mm -hmm. think and I always call him out on it and it's really funny because um someone posted on Instagram the other day I am here to trigger you to enlightenment and I was like I just do that to him all the time bless him he's like the loveliest most amazing guy ever but I just like poke him like a bear until he gets like mm. no like gets mad and I'm like yes <laughs> like tell me what you feel and what you think and like he'll say oh well, I need to research it I was like no research just right now it doesn't have to be right or wrong like how do you feel like what do you think and mm. it's just sitting with that isn't it and getting to know ourselves again because we kind of lose our way a bit don't we when when you become a parent or you work in a job or you become a partner you kind of fall into those stereotypes and if you're not around people who are challenging you and you know people like you who are talking about this stuff all the time and learning and expanding then you're just gonna plateau really like when did we mm. stop learning <laughs> mm. but hopefully never but i think yeah. a lot of people um do experience that at one point or another um and i find that often it's because people give themselves identities and for example when you go i'm not a parent but as an example, when you go from being um, someone with, without children to being a parent, you gain a whole new identity. And that's the other to being yeah. a, a mother or a father or a parent. And that will have um, loads of beautiful parts to it, but it will also come with some um, conflicts to your to your other identities so maybe your identity as a woman your identity as a friend your identity as a boss or an employee uh, or as someone who likes to go out at the weekend you know and and that will create in a conflict so something for example we do a lot of in nlp is um something called parts integration and that's just a fancy word to describe the process of bringing all the different parts of yourself together to work together and people often say things like uh, part of me wants to do this but part of me wants to do that and mm. it's almost like this real inner split um, of what you feel like you should do what you feel like you want to do what um, you dream about doing and these different parts with different um that want different outcomes for you are in friction with each other so even that is you know a really um liberating process to actually sit down and, and, and be aware of okay what identities do i give myself and people often talk about uh, wearing different hats and it in in simple terms this is it's the same concept it's this idea that we're not just we are multifaceted, right? We're not just one, um, what am I trying to say? We're not just one version at all times throughout our entire lives. Yes. Because like you said, we grow, we change and we evolve over time. Yeah, and I think what you were saying about that friction and that's something that I definitely felt 
um, for two reasons. Number one, when my little boy was born, I was just starting my own business and I just left a corporate well, I say corporate, I was working part-time doing graphic design work, working from home most of the time. So I kind of transitioned to being more at home anyway, but that switch from having a life to being sat at home and you can't go anywhere. And he used to scream every time we left the house. So being on your own, but then also I went through a breakup when my little boy was six months old. And like you said, similar to me, this, that was the moment when I was, I realized that I'd totally lost my identity and I was just pleasing because I didn't want to lose people or upset people. And I read Conscience Uncoupling. <laughs> I was like, yes. if Gwyneth Paltrow can do it, I can do it. Um, and a lot <laughs> of that learning kind of like you were saying about that integration, it took me like a year, maybe even more to integrate from, oh, I'm a mum now to, oh, that other person's not gone. Like, you don't have to be one or the other. And it mm. took me maybe like two or three years to get back to not only who I was, but even further back to who I was before I even had that relationship and before, you know, who I was at the beginning almost, like when I was younger. Mm. And um, mm -hmm. that integration was just so um, like revelatory really, because it made me realize that it's, it's not, this is not like my whole life's changed, you know, it's just one part of, you know, all those different things that you were saying that make up who we are. And then um, some other thing I wanted to mention was about that contrast is, I, think it, I don't know if it's Deepak Chopra or somebody says, when you have two different decisions, two things that are pulling you in different directions, that is the most stressful thing you could ever go through, you know, like wanting two different things. And I had, when I was younger, I used to have the whole, like, I want to be a hippie and live in a caravan and like, travel the world but also I wanted to have a corporate job have lots of money and a really fancy expensive house and yeah. it was such a contrast and I think especially in this online world it does kind of get portrayed that there's like you can be like a vegan like authentic you know a coach or something like that or you can be sat on a Lamborghini mm -hmm. with all this money but like you say it doesn't have to be one or the other you can still be authentic and want money like you sh there's no shame around wanting money and I think a lot of people are like, oh, you're a sellout or, oh, you're asking for too much. But I think that's okay, you know, and it's okay to be successful and be spiritual, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And with, with comments like that, I found over time um, and obviously with experience is that when people make those kind of statements, for example, the money, money is, um, you know, a very talked about topic online at the moment I, I find mm. there's a whole money abundance money mindset and I think there is an initial shift towards talking about money because I think for a very long time you've made your Definitely. money and especially um, in the UK you kind of you don't talk about how much you make you wouldn't ask no your girlfriend oh, how much so there's a real mindset shift which I love seeing when it comes to money um, but when people make statements like you're a sellout or um, you're super superficial or whatever it may be, that's, they are talking out their belief system. Yep. That's a reflection of them. That is not a reflection of you. And mm. something that's really important for us all to do is to protect what 
influence we let in. So if I had to break it down into some kind of process for it to make sense to the people listening, I would say be intentional and consciously get to know yourself. And when people, when I say this, sometimes people are like, I know myself. I mean, really hmm. know yourself. Do you yes. know what your values are? Do you know what drives you? Do you know what you deeply, deeply want for yourself? Do you know what limiting beliefs you hold that you want to let go of that don't serve you? Do you know what empowering beliefs you want? Do you know um, why you want the things you want? All of these things, they're not talked about enough. And you mentioned something earlier, um, which was about, um, it escapes me the, the way you talked about it, but I remember thinking, yes, I think it was about, we now live in an era where information is so readily available. It is so easy to go out there and figure out how you can do something. Literally, I live my life on Google and YouTube, mm -hmm. and that's how I, I figure out how to do everything in my life. The how is no longer a challenge. Where maybe it was a decade ago, um, because if you didn't have the information in your close proximity, it was more challenging for you to gain an understanding of how to do something that was new to you. Now, that's not a problem anymore. You go on the internet, you find out literally how about, I don't know, quantum leaps. <laughs> you can find out about anything. The, I remember now, it's come back to me. You were talking about your course and the marketing mm -hmm. and the fact that you yeah. had given everyone all the steps that they could possibly need in order to yeah. do what they wanted to do and still they weren't doing it. And that's because the how is not the hardest part of getting something done. Mm -hmm. It's having the courage to push through the fear of doing the thing you know you need to do. And yeah, the, only, the only way to do that is through understanding what is it that you believe and think and changing that if you need to. Definitely. And I was talking the other day with a client about Tony Robbins' whole um, pain pleasure scenario, you know, mm -hmm. where he's mm -hmm. like, so if you want to lose weight and you are putting too much pleasure on staying where you are and pain on doing workouts and eating and all that kind of stuff. And then flipping it around to what is the pleasure you would gain once you, when you're losing weight, feel healthy, more energetic and the pain of staying where you are. And I think once you flip that around, like, especially in your business, like what's the pain of not growing and what's the pain of, you know, not achieving the things that you want to achieve compared to what is the pain of putting yourself out there, you know? Mm. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's different for different people because some people are driven by, um, it, it, I, we call it whether you are an away or towards type of person. Are you more um, incentivized by working towards something? So towards your mm. goals, or are you more of a person who is incentivized by moving away from what you don't want? Ooh, and there like are that. different different things work for different people. So a, a really simple example is um, something like gambling. Some people are very risk averse and they would never um, gamble because they are 
driven more by they fear losing more than they mm-hmm. um, are incentivized by the idea of winning and that's the same concept so it's very important for people to find out what drives me is it moving towards something is it the achievement of getting what I want that drives me mm-hmm. or is it the fear of being stuck having what I don't want because it's very powerful to know Mm. it it makes a huge difference because sometimes you try and motivate people by saying right you can achieve this goal you can think of all the great things you can do visualize what you want but if that's not how they um they they are motivated you're talking Mm -hmm. to them in the wrong language they might be someone that you want to say something like you know what what would it what would it mean to you if you've remained exactly where you are what would life look like if you never changed your situation and that really kind of lights that fire and they're like oh hell no i'm not staying this isn't what i want i need to do something about this so you've got people both yeah and it's not only important to learn that about yourself which one is motivates you but also about your the clients that you want to work with or your ideal students because if they're motivated, like you say, by the fear of staying where they are and you're saying, oh, I can get you a this, that and the other and you can do all this. And they're like, that's not, it's not it for me. But I suppose mm-hmm. it's difficult because, well, I suppose maybe you choose an ideal client that's one or the other, but what if there's a mixture of both? Yeah, and there will be because, yeah. you know, people are so unique and so different. Um, there will be a mixture of both. So I suppose in a business setting and if you think about marketing a good i mean i'm no marketing expert but when you do your marketing you try and cover both bases because you take people from pain to pleasure Mm -hmm. you talk to them about you know what is happening right now that tells you you need to change what are you not happy with what causes you pain what causes you frustration and then you talk to them okay what does good look like what would it really what would life be like if you actually got to where you want to be and so it it covers both scenarios in a way so that people can really connect with with both and be motivated by one or the other definitely and i think most good sales pages do cover off the whole like what would life be if you stayed here compared to like imagine if this was what your life looked like and then bits of both throughout don't they so you can kind of cover off but I suppose what we're talking about initially was like what when you're setting your own goals and your own kind of success paths um Mm -hmm. what does that look like for you and how can you best motivate yourself okay I want to talk about collaboration now um Mm -hmm. so what does collaboration mean to you? Collaboration to me means support, empowerment, uh, abundance. It means confidence. For me, it means to be confident within yourself, not to be threatened by other people being amazing because there is enough amazing out there for everybody Mm -hmm. and I love that you chose the word abundance because that's exactly what it is that kind of scarcity and lack mindset is where you start 
when you come from that place, then you're never going to want to share or collaborate or kind of even talk to other people, you know, because you're in such a scarcity, like I need to hold on to everything I've got. <laughs> and unless you have yeah. that open, like abundance mindset where you come from a place of there's the cup is overflowing for everybody, then mm -hmm. I feel like even starting out with a relationship or a partnership or a affiliate relationship with somebody is just not a good place to come from. And that's like you say, where I could teach people all day how to set up affiliate programs, but if they don't have the right mindset to be able to work through that and to be open to other people um, being in their business, then they're not going to do it, are they? <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting with, with having a scarcity mindset is the simple fact is you, 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 you find what you look for, right? So I always do this exercise. I might do it with you right now, actually. It might be good fun. <laughs> so, okay, I want you to look around the room. Okay? Yes. And I want you to count. My messy kitchen. Whatever you see is fine. I, I'm going to set a timer okay. for 10 seconds. Okay. And you're going to have 10 seconds to count as many gray items that you can see. Okay. Mm. I'll tell you when to okay. go. No cheating. Don't start. Okay. <laughs> okay. You've got 10 seconds from now. Okay. Okay, 10 seconds is up, okay. my time is going right. off. So how many grey items did you count when you were looking around? Seven. Seven. Okay, you yeah. confident in that number? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How many green items did you see when you were looking around? Ooh, none, because I was looking at the grey things. <laughs> yeah. And this is a great um, exercise actually for children. Yeah. Um, it's very simple. It's very, very simple, but it shows you how your mind works. And it shows you in basic terms why, when you focus on scarcity, on negativity, mm. on why you can't do the things you want to do, or the things that you're missing, um, your weaknesses, all of that negative inner chatter why it almost feels like the things you think about come true because your brain looks for evidence to support what you think about absolutely we did a really good example of it yesterday there was a certain thing in the news that my partner said and i said is that what you really believe or is that not not and i was like i'm gonna do some research and the research i found was all research that corroborated what i already thought <laughs> you know mm -hmm. And it's the same with like, if you focus on people being negative towards you or, you know, people moaning at you and you dwell on that and you think about it all the time, then you're just going to get more of that because <laughs> that's what you focus on. Absolutely. It's yeah. like you, the analogy of the color things. Like when you're looking for a new car, you see your perfect car everywhere. But yes. the rest of the year, you don't even look at cars twice. Yeah. It's the same with shopping, I find. <laughs> yeah. It's just what you... Put your energy into isn't it and it's difficult sometimes when you are in that place where you just can't pull yourself out of that like something really bad's happened or something like oh all these things keep happening to me 
it is mm -hmm. tricky to pull yourself out of that but that's where you use the tools to just like take a moment to reflect or to journal or speak to a coach who can help you mm -hmm. kind of reframe that and um, I don't know if yeah. you're into like law of attraction and stuff but Abraham Hicks talks about um the contrast so the things that come up in your life that you definitely don't want is to shine a light on the opposite of that which is what you do want and then um, mm -hmm. I found that to be really helpful when things are happening in my life that I definitely do not want I'm like oh you know you think of it as like be grateful for it that is showing you what you don't want absolutely and it, it often people find it easier to to know what they don't want than to know what they do want Mm -hmm. but then they end up concentrating on what they don't want yeah <laughs> so it's what so you said earlier it's about reframing mm -hmm. and really noticing i absolutely understand what you're saying it is challenging when you're in the moment to snap yourself out of it sometimes like when you're you, when you're objective when you're not feeling the feelings you mm -hmm. can take a step back and think okay objectively speaking what is going on the biggest challenge is to do that when you're in the moment. Oof, it's almost yeah. like when you're in an argument and you can't think straight, you just react. But that is, tr you train yourself to get to that point. Mm. You train yourself to, to be able to, you know, be in control of your mind instead of your mind being in control of you. It's a practice. I posted, or I think, yeah, I posted it yesterday. I think you shared it where I said mindset isn't a diet, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's so true because people think as mindset work as maybe journaling on a Tuesday, then maybe I will meditate for 20 minutes, you know, next month and expect your mind, your mindset to benefit from that as a result. Now I'm not saying those things don't help, but A, that's not mindset work <laughs> and B, it's not enough. You wouldn't go to the gym once every four months and have expect to have abs. You wouldn't eat a salad once every seven years and expect your body <laughs> to be fit and healthy. It's the same with mindset. Um, it, what I like to say is it's not a one and done task. It's not something you do once and you tick it off. It's like, okay, I've done my mindset. Um, I'm done now. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. It's a lifestyle. It's just about paying attention to the thoughts that you have. Where do your thoughts go throughout the day? What is it that you think about? When you have that inner chatter, catch yourself and think, okay, what am I saying to myself right now? What, and what does that mean? And is then being intentional about understanding it and finding a solution to it. Almost like a puzzle. You want to be paying attention you want to be looking for solutions. One thing that really interests me is the idea that people in general are very good at problem solving, but they don't see, they don't take that same approach with themselves. They almost feel like, well, this is how I am. And this is, this is how it's going to be. Whereas no, you, you can change. And it's interesting. You may have, um, you're obviously reading mindset book. It's the difference between having a fixed mindset yes. and a growth mindset. And people are not one or the other, mm -hmm. which is something that is very important for people to understand. I have a very fixed mindset when it comes to, I don't know, exercise. 
I, I believe, and this is a, my limiting belief, that I don't enjoy exercise, that I'm not a very sporty person, that I'm, that's why I was kind of smiling when you said it earlier uh, in the call. I'm not a sporty person, I'm a creative person, I'm an intellectual person, I'm not an outdoorsy sporty person. Um, I have a fixed mindset in that area of my life, but then in other areas, I have a very open mindset, very growth focused mindset. So yeah, it's about the awareness and it's about the being consciously and intentional about doing something to help yourself get over those mindset blocks that hold you back at the end of the day. If everything's peachy, you don't need to do anything. It's fine. Carry on. But if you want something and you're not able to get the results or take the action or feel good about yourself, whatever it may be, then it's on you to fix it. It's your responsibility to fix it. Mm. It's always so much easier to do mindset Mm -hmm. work when you're not like in the thick of it. (laughs) And um, we, I suppose, I'm trying to think what I can relate it to. But yeah, when, when something happens, you kind of default back to your original react, you know, how you react and respond to things. Um, but like you say, it's a training, it's a practice. And like, I see so many people who really want something and they'll do the work for however many weeks. And then they'll be like, oh, I've got it now. And then mm-hmm. they get busy doing life and they forget about, you know, it all just goes back to normal. And then it's not until someone picks up on it. That it's like, oh, oh yeah, I said yeah. I was going to do this, but I've kind of forgotten about it. So like you say, it's just ongoing, like a gym membership. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And also this lockdown life has really not helped with the whole exercising malarkey. Oh, yeah. But that's something I need to work on. I would say just go for a walk. It's way more relaxing. But if you don't really like outdoorsy type of birds. Well, I walk my dog. I have a dog. Um, yeah. So I walk him. Um, but it's not enough, is it? Because I'm sitting out at my desk all day. Mm, it's tricky, isn't it? Just have a kid, then you can chase them around all day. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just for that purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chase other people's Keep kids. myself busy. So what in terms of your kind of daily routine and what kind of mindset work do you integrate into your day? What's your days look like? So my day something I I'm very fond of is keeping it real because I see a lot of this stuff online where people are like, I wake so up at 5 a.m every day and I meditate every day and I exercise for four hours and um all this massive list of great things that people do um and that's just unrealistic I'm sorry but it is unrealistic and I think it it does a disservice to others to portray this perfect peachy version of reality real life is not like that some days you feel like you're on top of the world other days you don't for me it's having the right it's having a balance i i try to have like an 80 20 rule whereas if i'm productive and proactive and efficient 80 percent of the time i will not feel guilty for having a netflix and chill day uh i maybe shouldn't say that because that's like got weird connotations now but uh, just relaxing <laughs> you're having this day by yourself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, just a relaxing day. Yeah. I think I've got like 50 shades of red. <laughs> um, a relaxing day 
watching Netflix or reading a book or going shopping, whatever it may be. So um, in the main, what I try to do is have, um, before I start work, um, is to be very intentional about what, how I'm going to spend my day. Because I find that on the days where I just go with the flow, I just don't get things done. Like life happens mm. to me. I don't do what I want to be doing. So before I start work, I always take a moment. I've got this, um, this journal and I take a moment to write down like what, how am I feeling? What's going through my mind? Um, and what do I want this day to be like? Um, what, how do I want to feel by the end of today? I think a lot of us set goals and make a to-do lists of what do I want to do with my day? Not mm. Don't um, think about how do I want to feel by the end of this day? Um, and then I do set my goals. So I have yearly goals, quarterly goals, monthly goals, weekly goals. And then based on that, I know what should be on my to-do list. So then I feel very efficient. Um, something else I do is make sure I have a very clear priority for the day so that I know, okay, if all I get done today is this one thing, I will feel, you know, proud and grateful that I got it done. So that's how I start my day. And then throughout the day, and some days, yes, I have a, an all singing and dancing morning routine. I read the morning miracle and those practices really do make a difference. I'm not saying they don't because they do. I do notice a difference, but I'm saying I don't do that every day and I'm not going to pretend I do that every day religiously and I'm some perfect person. So if I mention a, couple, a few things that are included in the morning miracle, which I do do is affirmations, uh, journaling, uh, meditation, um, exercise is one of them, but I've already said I'm not the best at doing that. Um, <laughs> and reading. So I do read. I liked, even if it's half a chapter, I even literally if it's 10 minutes put a timer on I like to absorb information um and then in terms of mindset work I do that kind of like I do that on a Sunday I set my intention to kind of review my week and think what went well what didn't go so well um what what caused me frustration maybe or what things did I avoid doing and what were the reasons for me avoiding those things? Because that really makes it a lot clearer for me to understand what is holding me back internally. And, and this makes a difference between making to-do lists that never get done and making to-do lists that do get done. It's, it's understanding okay, when I don't get something done, there's no point in just writing it down again tomorrow. Understand what stopped you from achieving that particular goal or taking action on that particular task. And I do that, like I said, on a Sunday for the week. And I always do this at the end of a month. And I find that, um, so for me, I give an overview of the, the way I like to work. For me, mindset, without goal setting and action taking means nothing equally goal setting without mindset means nothing the two are like this they go together they're best friends 
because you need to have the right mindset in order to have the courage to be to, to, to take the action on the goals that you've set for yourself but equally if all you have is this great mindset but you're not using it to actually take action in your everyday life to move you towards the things that you want then you're not using that great mindset for your own yeah. benefit so they go together so i have a very practical approach to mindset and coaching cool so speaking of that if uh, people want to come and work with you how is the best way for them to uh, do that and what kind of things do you offer how can you help people Mm -hmm. okay so i am on on instagram obviously my handle is veronica mazzetti so it's just my name i have a website it's www.veronicamazzetti.com i'll spell my last name because it's a bit of math it's m-e-z-z-e-t-i and um i'm also on youtube i've started to make videos specifically for uh, relating to mindset and um, uh, topics around coaching and NLP. Awesome. The services that I offer, um, I yes, I work with clients on a one-to-one -one basis. That has been my bread and butter for the last 12 years. What I'm working on now is kind of offering different um, options, kind of opening up my um, offering suite, package suite, whatever we do. Uh, the the right term is so i'm currently working on a group coaching course and oh. that will be launching in august um it has um yeah a different approach a more collaborative approach to mindset and goal setting and i have a power hour that people can book uh, it's just one hour to discuss any topic that they want to agenda is set by the client um, mm -hmm. But all the details of everything I offer are on my website. Cool. So um, your one-to-one -one stuff is mm -hmm. around business and mindset, right? So if people are, is it for people who are just starting out in business or maybe someone who's a bit more experienced? Is there a particular person that would be ideal, like your ideal client? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so my ideal client is an early stage business owner and by that i mean someone who is um who has decided which business they want to start and they are at the beginning of setting up that business but maybe they have been at that stage of i'm going to set up my business for a long time and yeah. they realize that they're not getting anywhere fast they're tired of you know making excuses um not taking the action that they they know they want to and need to take to grow their business and that's who i work with awesome sounds fun you must really like you've been doing it for 12 years it seems like forever in online terms you know most people have been doing it 12 weeks or <laughs> maybe yeah, 12 months I, I if they're lucky say, it's an interesting experience so um for the 12 years, I was doing it part-time. I was doing it weekends and evenings because I've always had kind of like a day job um, in, in the corporate world. And also I traveled full-time for about a year or just over a year. So I was coaching um, throughout that time. Um, I didn't start to build my online presence until probably January, I would say. And it was a bit of a shock to me when I realized just how many coaches 
um, have appeared overnight um, is, is very interesting. But it goes back to that abundance mindset. Of course. Yeah. It's, um, it's a very interesting situation because coaching isn't a regulated industry. So technically anyone can call themselves a coach. You know, you couldn't call yourself a doctor unless you had a doctorate. Whereas anyone can add on the label of coaching. So for someone who is formally trained and has experience in coaching, um, that initially for me was difficult to, um, to digest. Because I was thinking, mm-hmm. what, what do you mean? Like, what, what are you coaching people? Especially when people are like life coaches and relationship coaches when they have not even got any qualifications. I'm like, oh. But... Mm. Um, but that's the thing that's a reflection on them and that's where Mm -hmm. you make the difference you know exactly um, it's very important that you focus on you and you focus on how you can best serve your clients and your audience and just let people do what people want to do exactly you just have to be your awesome self and the right people gravitate towards you and the people that gravitate towards other people that they're not your people Yeah, there's enough people in the world for everyone. <laughs> exactly. All the people. Okay, last question I want to ask you, which I stole from Gary V. Um, he <laughs> asks his um his guests, like, what are you obsessed with? And it's not like, oh, I'm obsessed with world peace or something like that. It's like, is there like a Netflix show that you're obsessed with or like something that you've been eating over lockdown that you've been obsessed with? I literally, as soon as you asked that question, I was thinking food. <laughs> I'm obsessed with food. <laughs> My partner always makes fun of me. So I'm, I'm Italian. I am full Italian. I moved to England when I was 12. I didn't speak English before that. My parents are Italian. My entire family is in Italy. There's literally nothing English about me apart from all the tea that I drink. Um, <laughs> but food um, is very, a very kind of like cultural mm. thing in Italy we sit down for meals we wake up thinking what am I cooking for lunch what am I cooking for dinner um you know we have a whole um ritual almost around f- food and eating it really brings people together so I grew up loving food so I would say in general food is my obsession do you want <laughs> any to know food in particular what food? what particular like what what's like your favorite meat like if you could have a last supper what would it be <laughs> oh gosh you know, that's so funny because I always I was always that awkward kid or teenager just to be honest my entire life that asked really obscure questions like this one so if you were if you, it was your last meal what would you have <laughs> yeah. um I've always asked other people I think I would have to go with my mom's lasagna mm. uh and oh i don't know double baked vanilla cheesecake for dessert (laughs) and i'm obviously gonna want to start as well because it's my my last meal so i don't have to worry about the waistline no absolutely not i can't believe you haven't had a starter (laughs) added to this i know um hmm, what would i go for oh gosh I take this question very seriously. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I think I'd probably go for like... It's very important. 
God, I'm honestly struggling to pick because I get FOMO. I think I know if I pick that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go for like some a, a classic prawn cocktail and spin oh, a bag to prawn bed. cocktail. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> so random. <laughs> I love a prawn cocktail, but it has to oh, be with bread because right. I don't have carbs because I'm not happy. Yes, I love carbs. I don't know how people live without them. It's ridiculous. Meat. Ridiculous. Yeah, prawn cocktail, lasagna and cheesecake. <laughs> all carbs, all the dairy, wow. yeah. all the meat. Who cares? It's my last meal. I'll die happy. <laughs> exactly. You have to indulge in your last meal. Well, it's been so fun chatting to you. Um, is there any like last mindset tips that you want to leave people with as we close the episode? Um, last mindset tips. Your wise words say, of wisdom. Mm, wise words. Hmm. <laughs> I think no pressure. What, what I am trying to channel my 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 wisest thoughts. Yeah, I think I would say the most important thing you can do for yourself is to really, really get to know yourself and be intentional about it. And when I say get to know yourself, I'm talking about really understand what your values are because they drive your behavior on a subconscious level. And they really determine whether you feel happy with the way, with what you're doing or not. Um, and your beliefs. Really understand what is it that I believe and what is it that I want to believe and make it make time to have those conversations, to invest in those conversations and to do something about them. Mm, they really make the difference. Mm. Yeah. They make the difference. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. Oh, it's been so fab chatting to you. I love talking about all this stuff, even though yeah, the main thing too. I do is marketing, like mindset is just such uh, integral part oh we should talk about the book club so if people want to come and join yeah. the book club, we're focusing on the book mindset this month aren't you what who's it by i can't remember uh dr carol dweck yeah it's very yeah. like so far i'm feeling it's quite masculine i'm usually into a bit more like airy fairy books but i'm enjoying mm. the whole fixed and uh growth mindset philosophy and how that kind of plays out in all areas of your business but so if people come on, find you on Instagram and just send you a DM if they want to join the book club. Yeah, absolutely. So there's an IGTV that I created, which has all the details of how the book club works. Um, so they can have a look at that one to kind of understand um, how we go about it. Um, but yeah, if anyone is interested, everyone is welcome. Just get in contact with me, DM me. I'm a very friendly person. I don't bite. You are. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, they can, they can join. So the first meetup is on the 8th of July at 7 p.m. UK time. So if anyone wants to read the book Mindset, or maybe they've already read the book Mindset and they would love to discuss it with a friendly group, they can, can, they can do that. And that's when we'll be announcing the next book for the month of July as well. So yeah, everyone is welcome. Ooh, come and come and join. Bring your drink of choice yeah. and we'll have some fun. <laughs> awesome. Right, I will speak to you soon. Take care. Yeah, thank you so much. It was really um, a lot of fun chatting to you. So great thank you very much.
Don't forget, if you want to come and join the training to help you set up and grow your affiliate program, and then go to rachelowen.com slash webinar, and I will see you at the training.